Guys! I finished Dark Souls 2. God, that final boss, Solaire, was really tough. But I triumphed. Spoilers. Guys, welcome to Push to Shout. Solaire is the final boss of Dark Souls 3. He could be. He is. We'll have to wait for Vadi Video to see what No, he he's right there. Him. He goes, this is what happens. You enter the final boss arena, and then he says, Praise the sun! And then um, only Afro shows up and shakes your hand and says, congratulations. <laughs> all, so, your favorite, all your favorite Dark Souls memes yeah, show up and they all the clap their hands at you and say congratulations. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I completed Dark Souls 3. I did it. I took, I, we, we took last week's episode off. Of, I was on sabbatical playing Dark Souls 3. And now sabbatical. 400 hours later, I finally completed it. Um, no, I was sick. And then my air conditioner was broken. And I just, we never got around to doing an episode last week. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I've completed it. I did it. I completed Dark Souls 3. So, I think I just want to say, spoiler warning, Dark Souls 3. Yeah. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about it the whole time. I mean, we've got other stuff to talk about, but we're going to talk about Dark Souls 3 the whole time. Yeah, basically. But, okay, well, let's get the non-Dark Souls 3 stuff out of the way. I don't really have Extra, anything non-Dark Souls 3 related. I mean, just I mean, I don't have anything business. substantial. It was a Game of Thrones episode, but wow. nothing happened. That's, I stopped watching because I just got bored. Yeah, nothing happened in the episode. So okay, <laughs> um, and uh, and I think I think maybe I've given up on Rainbow Six Siege unless there's an update that fixes a lot of stuff because God, that game sucks. Like, not it's not a bad concept. It's not even a bad game. It's just a badly supported game with with a huge amount of network issues, uh, glitches and exploits that people can use to, to bullshit their way to a victory. Uh, just a, a bunch of bullshit um, that, that it, it shouldn't have, that, that should be easy to fix, that hasn't been fixed. It's some, some of it's really simple, like you can't change your loadout, which is a really important part of the game, um, while you're waiting for a match. And speaking of waiting for matches, sometimes it just seems to kick you out of the queue, and you'll be waiting forever, and you have to requeue. Um, it's bad. Yeah, the matchmaking system. I basically only played it when it first came out, and um, the matchmaking system was very bad then, and is really not that much better now. I, I mean, I don't know. I, casual seems all right, but ranked sucks, and I don't know if it's because nobody's playing or if it's just because it's bad. Um, but it seems it seems broken. Like it seems like there's actually recreatable ways to tell if you're not in the queue, because uh, it'll be like like some people have left it running just to see, and it'll you know run for thirty minutes and never find a match. So, um, and then you and then you start again, and two minutes later you're in, uh, which is just bullshit. Um, and that's that's one of literally like a hundred issues uh, that don't seem to be addressed because Ubisoft's really bad at at reaching out to the community and seems to be bad at not only with rainbow six, but with all their games, they seem to be kind of bad at supporting them. So yeah, it sucks. Uh, I, I, it sucks because it should be such a great game. Like I love the concept. I love the game itself. If it was made by a developer or just supported by a developer that, that actually cared, then it would probably be very successful or at least very fun for me. Um, but it's just the technical issues that, that hold it back. So that that sucks. Um, I hope someone copies the formula. But uh, when you've got comp- competition like CSGO out there, you have to get the, the little things right the way that Valve does, right. and they don't. 
So, boo. Okay. Uh, but that's the only other video game I've played other than Dark Souls. So I have played a little bit of The Calling, Okay. which is that like Hunger Games game. And I don't know anything it's about it. exactly what you'd expect it to be. It's like, uh, you know, you know what the Hunger Games is. Yes. Though. And, and I know that there's like that. a million games that are like that. Where you well, it's, into a... it's like a competent multiplayer Hunger Games game. Okay. You know, it's not like super competent. great. I mean, is it well made or is it like an early yeah, access piece of shit? I think it is early access, but it's not a piece of shit. Okay. It, it works and it's fun. Oh, okay. One game. All right. Hmm. Well, that's really about all I have to say weird. about it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Dark Souls Three. I'm ready. Let's go ahead and talk it. about it. Um, okay. So, I don't know where where would we start. Uh, there's a lot to say about it. Actually, did you get to the secret area? I guess there's a couple areas I actually missed. Well, there's one big area. Did that you get I missed. to the Arch Dragon Peak? Yes, I didn't miss that one. Um, okay. Did you finish it? Yes, I've I've beat all okay. the bosses. Uh, right. But I missed the one that I missed that I didn't even realize existed was uh, Smoldering Lake. I mean, I was go- I was oh, really? doing a blind run and purposefully avoiding you know any kind of clues or anything or like even level names, and so that's how I just completely missed it because I di- I literally didn't know it existed until I completed it and started looking at stuff online. And I was like, what what the fuck is this? Um, and uh, I um because that's the part where all the skeletons run at you like a whole yeah. army of skeletons. Yeah. So I just attacked the bridge to try to make it fall. And it did, and then I was just standing around, and it said descend. So, but that's not something everybody's gonna see. That's the thing is, have like, happen. There's there's a few spots where I wouldn't know Arch Dragon Peak existed if if there weren't for some some that I mean, very for some notes on the ground that yeah, said use yeah. gesture. Uh, if I had gotten, I could that it's kind of a matter of luck because I feel like a lot of people probably would never get notes like that. Um, and I never got a note in, in that area saying jump down or or look down or anything like that. It just said to break the bridge. So. Uh, I just never even thought to look down to the pit, um, assuming it was bottomless. Yeah, um, I kind of like that though. Oh yeah, but I think it was cool. not. Not everybody's gonna f- see everything in the game when I first go, yeah. and you get to oh, I what well, that that place? Oh. Yeah, um, and it was kind of a cool area too. It feels like what they kind of wanted Lost Isolith to be with. I, I think it was kind of maybe one of the the weaker areas of the game. Oh but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. still, um, that I thought was kind of funny that <laughs> the kind of reimagining of Lost Isolith was still, like, yeah. the weak part. Well, I mean, like, when you've got... There's certain things that just suck inherently about that kind of thing of level, where it's like... First of all, you've got the poisonous fucking frog things that yep. are terrible, and I hate them, and I've always hated them in all the Dark Souls games. Um, and fire-breathing or fire-casting stuff is always annoying, and, you know, shit like that's always going to be a little bit grating. But I think that the, the Ballista, as annoying as it was, was kind of a cool idea i guess yeah um i was really stressed out when i went up there yeah like because i was completely out of estus i saw like three wheel skeletons just wandering around on the side and i'm like i gotta turn this thing off and i'm so far away from a bonfire and i don't even know how to get back here yeah if i wanted to because that lab took me forever to find my way so up convoluted. There, yeah. yeah the what i thought was funny is that that whole smoldering lake dungeon area the labyrinth is is a bloodborne chalice dungeon that's what it is like the layout and the aesthetic of it it's just red yeah i thought that was funny that the lost isolith kind of redux wound up being like a procedurally generated or level. seemingly that way um yeah 
Yeah, it, I mean it was it was better than a Bloodborne Chalice right. Dungeon, but you know not by much. Right? It, it, yeah, it, it was not super inspired or anything. I, I did like the look of the big open, the actual like itself. Oh yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually the the hardest part about that wasn't the boss; it was the uh, the two guys guarding the ballista. If you don't pull one of those guys at a time, they're almost impossible to fight both at the same time. Mm. Maybe maybe if you're a Dex build, which Let's transition onto that. Uh, <laughs> after completing the game with a strength build, and then looking at stuff online, uh, I realize how if basically if you don't choose a dex build, you're playing the game in a slightly harder mode than people who do choose a dex build. It it's objectively better than all the other. Well, ones. that's always been the case, really. But even more so now that uh, have you heard that poise is turned off? Yes, literally a useless stat. Which makes vitality, which I put a lot of points into, a useless stat. Um, it's insane to me. It's crazy. Well, I guess. I like the rats. I was having so much trouble with the rats, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is up with it? Like, three rats, in some cases, would kill me and frustrate the shit out of me because they're such easy, easy things. But they stun lock you. If they attack one at a time and they attack so quickly, yeah. they stun lock you in a way that you literally can't do anything. And that's, oh, that's the worst. Um, and it feels, I, I don't know if I feel, I feel like, uh, I was cheated because I'm, I'm putting points into a stack that, that doesn't do anything, you know? I, okay. Well, it doesn't not do anything. Vitality. Vitality still lets you wear armor that yeah, makes your armor, defense I mean, a lot higher. Gets, but your defense right. apparently also yeah. doesn't do much for you either. If you look at the stats. So it is kind of useless, especially if you consider you could have, could be putting it in the bigger um so yeah that that's one thing i found like uh this guy josh i play with um pvp he's just been dumping basically everything into vigor and dex and now i'm at soul level 120 and he's at 125 because he just fucking had to do that and uh he still has like 800 more health than me just because he built that way and it's just so frustrating because he just always has more health and it it works but um overall i do like the balance of the leveling in this game um particularly on a first playthrough where in the last games there were especially dark souls 1 there was resistance which is a, literally a useless yeah. stat way more useless than vitality is let's yeah. be honest and that coupled with health not actually mattering all that much, you could get away with keeping your health very low mm-hmm. in that game. Um, I kind of like how in this game, at least early to mid-game, putting a point into increasing your health slightly actually feels like I think it matters. Right game too. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, stamina, stamina especially too. Especially with bosses and anyone using like really, really heavy-hitting weapons, uh, there's certain bosses and stuff that will two-hit you. And sometimes you'll be in a stun oh, yeah. lock where it's like you can have full health and be dead. Um, so having a lot of health uh, sometimes minimizes that that kind of thing where you can actually roll away in Estus and, and survive. So I did put a lot of points in Victor, and I'm glad I did because, like, I, I know I think with the Dancer, there's a grab attack that they do that yeah. takes up a, a ridiculous amount of health. And I had enough health to survive it, but I heard of a lot of people who that was an that was an instant death for him, and that would have been that would have made like I had no issue with dancer at all as a boss, but a same, lot of people same. apparently did. I never got grabbed. by I did. Dancer. I did a couple times. 
Um, but yeah, I probably, I probably beat it on my third try or something. And so it, it just wasn't much of an issue. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's one thing that I'll definitely credit Dark Souls 3 with is that reading opinions online, it seems like everyone has trouble with different things. Um, more so I, than yeah, they have in the really previous like games, to see where that. it's like, okay, Ornstein and yeah. Snow are obviously hard bosses. Now it's like, like we said, Dancer is hard for some people, easy for others. Um, Watch Dogs, or uh, Watch Abyss Watchers, um, they are, yeah, yeah. T- they were hard as nails for me, and then some people have literally beat them on their first try. Um, part of that has to do yeah. if you do the chapel first, then you're a lot higher level, but, um, and I didn't do that, but still, it, it, that was another thing I love to see is I tweeted, um, where did you go first? A yeah. Twitter poll. Where did you go first? The chapel or the um, Abyss Watchers area, the Farron Keep Swamp thing, the poison area. And it was almost exactly 50-50 yeah. that that little crossroads in the game, it is designed in a way that you can really just kind of go to one place or another naturally and it doesn't railroad you yeah, one I, or the other i was really really impressed it's, with those it's interesting results. that it's those two areas that are the first ones to, to really branch off because one's an area where you can see people being turned off because oh poison i don't even want to deal with this right now and then the other one if you get hit by the maggot monster and you're filled with maggots and you don't know what's going on or you go into that graveyard where the enemies keep respawning yeah i can they're both not pleasant Yeah, they're places, places where you're instantly going, like, maybe I'll come back to this later. And that's what I did with the chapel. I said, I don't know if I want... I got the maggots on me, and I didn't know how to... If you equip the, tor- the torch, they burn off, which is a, a classic, obscure Dark Souls thing. Um, yeah. But uh, I didn't know that, so I was like, I don't even want to deal with this. I don't know. I didn't even know what caused them. I didn't know it was the enemies that were causing them. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to figure yeah. it out. But then when I, I had that ring on... Wait, did I... Or was this after the fact? Either way, I know that uh, when you have that ring on that lets you... It must have been after, because you find that ring in the chapel. But uh, the one that makes you disappear Mm -hmm. when you roll, it's super easy to see the maggots once you have that ring on. Because when you disappear, the maggots are still there. It's Um, cool. Yeah, and so I I chose the poison area just because that was more familiar to me. It was like, I know how to deal with a poison area. (laughs) But... uh, but yeah, that made the Abyss Watchers a little harder for me than than other people, maybe. But um, yeah, I, so speaking of the level design, that's one of the only places where it really does branch off. And that's something that I was a little bit disappointed in, not super disappointed. I don't think but, so. Um, no, it's not. Because you can, in uh, Irithyll, you can choose to go into the Profane Capital, or you can choose to continue on into Anorlando, which is another big well, branch Anorlando's in the game. not a big branch. Anorlando's... Yeah, a quick is. boss. Well, because it happens early in Irithyll. And yeah. into the boss, and you're done. No, this branch happens way before that. This is oh, when you're sure. in the water. You can, you can completely skip Pontus Sullivan or whatever. That's yeah. true. That's true. Um, yeah. I guess. I, the late game, like, people I've talked to have just fought the Lords of Cinder in very different yeah. orders. And that's been true of most people I've talked yeah. to. I don't know. I saved Aldrich for last, I think. Did no, you? I, I saved Yorm you for last. Center? Or I didn't save him for last. It just happened to be the one that I did last. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Like, the, I, I didn't even really think much about it, what order I wanted yeah, to fight them in. That's just how it wound up happening mm-hmm. for me, is that I saved... I fought Aldrich last and Yorm second. Yeah, I, so... 
Okay, yeah, there's a couple branching spots. My biggest complaint is that even though it could, it feels like there's certain areas where it definitely could do this. It doesn't. It doesn't have that winding back on itself quality. It does on an individual area basis, but not on a meta entire worldwide basis. Um, because you're basically, I mean, it is essentially the main path is extremely linear. Um, you've got the initial area in the in actual in the actual uh, walls itself. And then you're done with that. It's it's undead village, and then you go down through the little thing onto the uh, through to the abyss watchers or to the chap chapel, and then from there to the catacombs, from the catacombs to Earthville, and then you've got the branching path. But neither of them come back on each other or anything like that. And you're onto the giant, and then you're done. Uh, Bloodborne, I'd say, is about the only one that didn't do that, though. Like Dark Souls One, it was a pretty tight early game and it was in a lot of ways linear you went from the undead bird so i don't mind that the i don't mind that the progression is linear like here's kind of where you're meant to go or here's like where it's easier easiest is the this is the easiest next place to go you don't go down into the catacombs first um and i don't mind i wouldn't even mind if the catacombs were closed off if it was just like here is the path where you're supposed to kind of go um it's the fact that the world doesn't that doesn't feel true. connected in any way. It just feels like a path. If you want to get from the profane capital to the undead village, there's one one way to go. That's it. Um, and there's certain areas where they could easily, easily connect them. Uh, you go up through the tower in the uh, swamp where the wolf, the sleep, sleeping wolf is, and you go up the elevator, and then there's the little area up on yeah. the bridge. Just across the bridge is where the undead village is. If that was just a connection you could make, there's a connection. And that would make the world feel a little bit more connected now. And then the bridge goes... I suppose, but the fact that you can see it... It does do kind of the same. You can't get there. And so you just rely on fast travel the whole time. And that's something that I've always complained about. And and I just... That's true. I I don't like that quality of the game. I think it's... I think it... uh, it just makes the world feel a lot less special. I've got the world separated by area and the progression of those areas in my head. Uh, And, and there's no other way to think about it. And it could be different. Is that, that's the thing is like, even the firelink shrine could be connected to uh, the castle, which I kind of understand why it isn't because it's supposed to be like its own little instance or something kind of. But it's just weird. The areas that aren't, aren't connected but could be and it, it cheapens it a little bit yeah um not a huge deal but yeah it's, it, it's 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 something that i definitely liked in dark souls one a lot better and uh and it was a big complaint i had in dark souls 2 and i don't think that this has done anything to address it other than the world actually makes sense in sense of scale <laughs> rather than the way dark souls 2 was where it just didn't make any sense um well that we talked about this um, two weeks ago, and the, that was both of our first impressions: is that the world itself didn't feel yeah. quite as connected as as Dark Souls One. Dark Souls One just does that better, but really, it only does that better for the first half of the game. Um, You're right. That takes a lot of time to do, and I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing because obviously I remember the first half of that game so vividly, and all of it's great. But you really can't ignore like the last fifteen hours of any playthrough. Um, 
whereas this game, even though it does feel slightly less connected, it was consistently good. Yeah, all and the way and, and this one you can't separate it in halves the way you can in Dark Souls One, or I don't feel like you can. It's just, oh, it's, absolutely. just a, it's just one playthrough. And I I like that definitely about it. Um especially over Dark Souls 1, where you're right. The second half of the game completely ignored any kind I of... I stop at Ornstein and Smo whenever yeah. I replay that game. Uh, yeah, that's the place to stop. I mean, um, yeah. I, 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 there's a couple areas I like past that, uh, but they the don't Duke's have archives is Yeah, and the archives but, in this yeah. game are better than that, the Duke's archives. Oh, sure. absolutely. Um, Damn. Like, the individual areas, and we talked about this too last uh, two weeks ago, the individual areas are yeah. amazing. And um, I don't like God. Like, there's there's a little less uh, less iconic things. Irithyll's very iconic. Um, Irithyll's very iconic. Um, but Arch Dragon Peak. Arch Dragon Peak's cool, but eh. this the major set piece. It's not the location itself. Like the major set sure. piece is that boss fight. It, like, that's the coolest that boss fight. That is coolest iconic. boss fight, and also I think. I didn't like that boss fight because of the camera controls with, with the dragon, and they—I thought they were fine. I, I don't know how and you can think those are fine. The second half of that boss fight, the camera controls amazing. with the dragon were—I think I've had—this is and this is especially damning considering this is the Soul series. I've never had that kind of trouble in any of the Souls games the way that I did in that. Boss I have. Fight. Way, I've had way worse trouble with the camera. Um, I. It could be because I just know from experience that you should unlock the camera when fighting big enemies like that. But but then I mean, you're fighting the controls I had anyway. Very little trouble. There, you right. mean unlock the camera so that you're having to control it manually? You don't have to do much manually. It's just when you're under the dragon, you're just looking up, and if he starts to swing, then you roll. But I mean that that aside, the second half of that boss fight. Mechanically and aesthetically, was I, I? I don't get it. Though. I don't get what was so great about the second half. It was just a standard. The nameless cave. Just was standard. Great. It was standard. Standard. Yes, it no. was. It's a humanoid I, I with you in this. their standard attack move set. I, I don't. What is special about it? Yeah, what's so special about Artorias, dude? Right? Like, I mean, come on. He's just the a human weapon, of him right? Is cool. The it's not just the design. It's special about it to me. It's the same reason I love Champion Gundir, is because he is just all over you. His moveset is interesting and diverse, and it is fun to fight him in a way where it feels like you're fighting a superhuman who has just got this shit, and you really have to just outplay him. And I love boss fights like that. Champion Those Gundir, are my I'll give to you, in the series. It, it was like relentless, and his moveset was cool. Like the way he would kick behind him and stuff was neat. Um, but the, I, I, Nameless King, as as cool as he was, it just didn't. I, it felt it felt standard to me. It didn't feel like anything special it, that, that 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 other bosses hadn't done. I, I that boss might be my favorite in the game. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. It may, may, Compl- maybe it's just the presentation disagree. of it all. But um, he also has a ridiculous I, I, even the help. fight. I could not. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. It's, you really it's just have to yes. No, it's tedious. not tedious. I, I, so that, this, that, this it was does... so tense. It was so tense. And the time that I beat him, it was when I was zero Estus, just a couple this pixels of health. This partially comes down to personal God. preference. This partially comes down to personal preference. But to me, it's like, once I figured out a boss's moveset, and now it just expects me to do it 
20 times, I, I, I get very frustrated and I don't want to do it anymore. Well, he mixes up his moveset. Sometimes you don't... That's what I liked about it, is that you don't know when he does the charge. You really have to be cautious and see, okay, is he going to do the charge back, or is he going to wait and give me time yeah, to test this? And, like, his moveset is, is great and diverse and interesting I, to fight I, against <laughs> and never felt like bullshit. How did not feel like bullshit when he would two-hit you? It did he not. two-hit me. He, sometimes without even three hit uh, time to recover He's, he has a stun lock that will take off three quarters of your health no no that's one of the things i love about it is that he does not have a stun the lock. one two if is he a stun hits lock. you if he hits you and hits you twice that's a stun lock if you roll uh, if you buffer a roll to happen immediately after that stun lock you will get hit by the third attack but if you wait you won't that when he I hits love you twice that though that's that, three quarters that, of your health done and you can't move yeah, between those two and it hits. means... Right. It's bullshit, you know that means? that's what it means. It means I now... It. No, it means the next phase of the fight that you've entered is, okay, am I going to take a risk in Estus, like, now? Because if I get hit again, I'm going to die? Or am I going to try to just keep playing this out for a while until I know I'm safe and can heal? And that's how the champion Gunder fight worked, too. That is one of the most interesting dynamics in the Souls boss fights, I think, is when, like, you know that healing is going to be a risk. That was part of what made Ornstein and Smo so great, is because two of them are all over you, and you can't just back away for a second in Estus. Nameless King doesn't let you do that. Champion Gundir doesn't let you do that. I really, really like that. I, I didn't enjoy it the way you did. <laughs> I just, I... I, I okay. It's, I mean, it, I, I've never, I mean... This is where Dark Souls kind of gets away from me uh, as far as how I see other people enjoying the game is that uh, with most boss fights, I, my, my feeling with it is like, I just want to get through this. I, I never, that sense of euphoria that people talk about when they finally defeat the boss, I don't get that. I get, I get a sense of relief. Really? That's it. I, I'm like, thank God it's over is all I think. And, and that is I, sad. I, guess, I don't feel that I, way at I all. Just, it just doesn't do... F- for me, the things that it does for other people. Finally, beating the nameless See, that's, that's what PV, PvP riled. invasions. When you get invaded and you beat your invader, that's the only time I feel that. Oh, that that's riles way, me too. way, way more satisfying to me than than bosses. Uh, bosses just feel frustrating because it's like well, I wouldn't is, say more. to me like a boss when it's designed in a way that's frustrating like that. I I get mad knowing that it's just designed yeah, to be bugs, this way. Game mechanics, right? yeah. Other than rather than just a human outplaying me, it's a designer designing a boss to be ridiculously hard and have a huge amount of health, and it just feels unfair. It, I just... I don't agree. Okay, that's fine. N- none of the bosses in this game felt unfair. Except maybe the big fucking tree. I mean, whatever. Because he it just has easy, a dumb though, moveset I, that but, sweeps across. Um, He's easy. But like that's one of the ones where you just have to figure out, okay, how is he going to move? And okay, now I figured it out. I can beat him. Some uh, the boss, in terms of fairness, they've been probably the best of any of the series. But there are definitely certain. There is no. There's no Capra Demon. There's no. Uh, what what else? Bed of Chaos. Oh well, Bed of Chaos. I beat on my first try. 
I don't know how people had. I don't know the how same. people it was know, still like, dumb. how to do that. I, I had no problem. Now it helps that I was using a it's great not about shield knowing and I had how like, to do it. Poison, so every time they do the swiping, I could just I could just take oh, that. Right, right. But like right when the hole yeah, what gets exactly a lot of people is that it just pushes you into holes. Just having so much issue with that, and I just didn't. Um, but uh, it's not to, for me. I beat it on the first try too, and it's not about it being hard. It's about it being very yeah, dumb. In the same way that the tree boss is dumb, sure. It, it just. Yeah, we didn't have trouble with the tree boss uh, when people apparently had trouble with better chaos, but I don't. Know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't get the satisfaction of the boss fights the way that one else seems to, and I, I'm missing out on that part of the game, I guess. That's um, sad. That's really which sad. is why if I get a boss down to now, I've like kind of accepted it. Although I've already, I'm already done with the game, and I, I hardly did this, but I've kind of accepted it where it's like, okay, I've got the boss down to the point where like. I could beat him. I'm just going to have to try more and more until I do. And then I just summon. Because fuck it. You summon yeah. for bosses? No. I, I didn't for the first... I didn't until um, uh, Pontiff Sullivan or whatever his name is. Because I, when it was like... It was like, okay, I get what's going on with the second part. I've got him down to a chip of health and then I get, I get killed in the corner where I'm stuck and I can't roll out. And I was like, I don't want to do that again. So I'm just going to summon. And I, I, why wouldn't I if I don't really feel that satisfaction that, that everyone talks about? Maybe that's why you I've don't feel the satisfaction. That. Mm. I, I don't know what Maybe. to say. That's that's it's dumb. That's dumb. Like, yeah, it is. It's dumb. Because I, I remember going to bang your head against the wall for two hours trying to beat a boss. It's not a wall. Okay, it's not a wall, but it's... It's a challenge. It's a challenge that, that you I don't are more than capable of overcoming. And once you do, it just flutters you a bit. It or just me feels, a bit, I guess. Feels, Maybe not you, because you're a like statue. It's designed to be... It's not an arbitrary challenge. It's a single-player challenge. That's I how guess. video games I, I work. Take, that's why I like the PvP so much, is that I feel like I'm overcoming a challenge if I beat what seems like a good player and I've outplayed them. I don't feel that way if I'm just figuring out the game mechanics and doing what you're supposed to do. That gives me so much satisfaction. And taking it back to Orange, Fiend, and Smell, um, I just remember time after time, I would get them down to just that chip of health, and then I would die. And then the next time, I'd get killed almost immediately. And it was just... By the end, it felt like I'd really mastered it. Not like I'd been able to scrape by and, you know... It's mastery. Uh, when I beat Orsine Smell, I felt the game like I, gives it. It lets you discover uh, mastery. I felt like I slid by Orsine Smell. Great. I mean, I don't know. I, I I never felt like I would mastered it. I don't feel like I master any part of these games. Like I'm all. I'm always slipping by. Um, oh, I totally do. I could. I. because I, I've played New Game Plus through now all the way through, and I nothing. No boss I beat me. I I just maybe I just don't have the dedication or whatever. But I just I. <laughs> I can't, I can't get to that level where it's like, oh, I feel like I've mastered it. I know what the parry timing window is and all that shit. Just, I... You don't gotta parry bosses. Come on. Also, also... Pontiff Sullivan, is... Pontiff Sullivan was I know, also I know that this soul. is said over and over on the internet, but the whole Dark Souls community uh, idea of you're doing it the wrong way because you're parrying him or you're... Or you're doing this or that the wrong way is always really frustrating because it's just like you're setting these challenges for yourself you don't need to set them for other okay people there who don't enjoy the challenge there is a line 
there is a line. Like, clearly, yes, it's overbearing when people say, Oh my god, you're you're putting a single point into Dex? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? You're not getting the true yeah. Dark Souls experience. Uh, every dark, true Dark Soul needs to put on full armor and fat roll through the whole game with no health. But uh, what there, there's a line, though. Like, if you summon I mean, I get it. for every area and go through the game, it I lets agree. you I agree breeze through the game. It lets you That's breeze why I get so through the bosses. out of invading people who have summoned in like early parts of the area where it's clearly their first playthrough and stuff. Is like, yeah, yeah you're just true. breezing through this fucking game with your friends, and I'm here to fuck your shit up, and I love that. I love yeah, that. and that's, that's why, nice. and that's why, I and do- then that. The multiple players in the world, yeah, they yeah. draw I, more I like that mechanic, it's although it's frustrating as an invader, because like, you almost always get put into a 2v1 or 3v1 situation. Uh, but I don't really complain about that, because it's still fun to like try your best against all those yeah. people, unless it's just a total gank squad that's got you in a corner or something. Um, but uh, I've had so much fun invading. It's been definitely the most satisfying part of the game to me. I wouldn't still be playing it if it weren't for the the PvP stuff. Um, but I'm not. Oh yeah, I'm the not, PvP's got me. I'm not very interested in all at the at the Fight Club, bow before you, I bow before you PvP and all that shit. Like that's oh, just, there are. It's not a good enough PvP game for to do that. Exactly. <laughs> It is not a honorable yeah. kind of game, and these games never were, yeah. even though people play it that way. I, I play that way sometimes, especially against friends. But, but um, like, yeah. But the real fun is mm-hmm. just doing fun shit. For example, me and Michael have been doing gank squat, which is uh, so we go on the tower on the wall bonfire in the high wall of Lothric. Everybody, take notes. And there is a patch of grass behind three of those tree hollow things where if you do this stretch out yeah. gesture and lay down, you are almost <laughs> completely invisible. Especially if you wear the Nameless King's right. it's like, hat with the hair. You're like, you're it's like the, the same Marines, color like as the, the weeds. In the grass. <laughs> yeah. And so one of us is a red phantom, the other's hiding in the grass. And then when we get invaded, we call, like we beckon the red over and go, hey! And, uh, we lure them over to the edge of the wall there, and one of us boxes them in, and the other gets up from the grass. Yeah, this is great. And uh, also, another hint for the fellows at home is if you go into the Road of Sacrifice, not like the poison swamp, mm-hmm. but like the swampy, foresty area, uh, there is some water that is deep enough to slow you down. And in that water are lily pads. And the lily pads, if you lay down under them, you are completely <laughs> invisible. You cannot be seen at all. It is fantastic. It is... Oh, man, I've had all so the much areas fun with have PvP little quirks about them that makes PvP incredibly fun. Um, the first place that I had yeah. a lot of fun PvPing in was the Earthfield Dungeon, where you've got that initial part where there's two levels. Um, people oh, always yeah. end up, especially when you're in a fight with you or something, they always end up falling down on the lower level or they just start down there or whatever and they never look up and it's so easy to get the drop on people. And, and I, I have my plus nine claymore and I'm, I've, I, I can never commit to use the slab to make anything plus 10. Uh, but, uh, they yeah, give, I've got they quite give a, a good few number now, but I still just like, I'm still like, I don't know what I want to, I, I've got, I've got a plus 10 claymore. I've got a plus nine, um, uh, Zweihander. So, uh, whatever. Mm. But, um, it does enough damage where a lot of people will be one hit, especially if they've got taken some damage when you see the drop attack. And that's just the most satisfying yeah. thing ever. 
Uh, and then uh, the archives have been a lot of fun too. Uh, yeah, the archives especially are because if they do, if they have made it all the way through or almost all the way through, you they get to the there's three NPCs that are like whatever humanoids, um, and they're super hard. And you can totally use those to fuck people over, especially if they don't know what's coming. I, on several occasions, I've just gone into the archives alone and just used a dry finger to just Mm -hmm. draw the invaders in. That's another thing about the archives. If you're looking for, to just make people fight each other, that would be the perfect place to just use a white branch or whatever and uh, get in the corner and nobody would ever find you because it's like a maze. Yeah. yeah, it's so uh, dense. So yeah, that's 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 that is the most fun part of the game to me for sure, and and the satisfaction of of beating someone against the odds, where like they have phantoms and shit, is so yeah. so great. Absolutely, um, I love that. Uh, it's especially when you can just kind of exploit a little frame trap and stun lock a phantom to death, like while the host whiffs past you. And then you just turn around and they're like, oh shit, they start running away. It's fantastic. Oh man, so much great stuff um, happens in the PvP. So yeah, that's, that's been a lot of fun. But uh, main game, I, I, it is objectively the best in the series. Uh, I agree. It doesn't feel iconic the way that Dark Souls 1 did, um, but it does pretty much everything except the world design better than Dark Souls 1, I think. Um, it's maybe a little bit too iterative. It it doesn't have some things in it that it should have, like the things that Dark Souls 2 improved upon that they, for some reason, threw out. Um, like? There is there's a couple of mechanics, like... Well, actually, they should have changed the way Dark Souls 2 did this, but they changed it in a way that doesn't feel effective. The, the scaling for multiplayer is weird and locking certain levels out. Like you can only invade certain levels in your level range and summon certain levels in your level range. That's weird. I I don't really get that. Why? Why why is that weird? Why is that weird? That's how it's always, it's how it's always worked with it. That means the right way to do it because it's locking. I mean, it just, it feels like if you're going to scale the levels, then why restrict the level at all? And then why not scale the weapon? Because experience uh, the weapon upgrades, but scale the levels. I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense to me. They don't want players who are level one twenty invading in the first area in the game and uh, fighting people who are. But you can make a new character that's like level if you're going to do that. Yeah, if you're going to do that, you at least need a new character and. The weapon scaling, I also think, makes sense because it means if they did scale the weapons down, it would mean that upgrading your weapons and spending any kind of resources or time or attention on them to, like, get... God, get good. To, you know... You know what I mean. You are expected to invest in your weapons in both multiplayer and single player. There's an incentive to. And that also means that they can't have high-level players playing with low-level players because low-level players do not have access to the same upgrades. But it's all meaningless when it's when you can only be matched up with people who have around the same upgrades. No, because they upgrade different weapons. So, so scale the, the weapons down, but if you use an up, unupgraded weapon, then it's even more scaled down. Just scale it down to the... To the 
what? Scale it down to conceptually the equal equal uh, foot footing as the person you're invading. For example, if you're invading to a lower level, scale it down. You've got a plus ten weapon, but it only does as much damage as their plus four weapon or whatever. And then if you switch to a plus one weapon, then it's way less powerful. Then it's only as powerful as their plus one weapons. I don't know what's confusing about that. Well, the plus one weapon is as powerful as their plus one weapon. Well, yeah, I know, but that's what the I plus mean. Plus one though. weapon like is a plus one. If you're already it's scaling plus one. the stats, so scale the weapons too. I, I just don't get it. I, I, it, it makes okay. perfect sense to me. I, I think you need that incentive. There'd still be the for players to upgrade, to upgrade their weapon, weapons. If you didn't have an upgraded weapon, then you'd be below there. You'd be. Uh... What? Oh, do you mean like if I got a plus ten and your max is then a plus, plus four, is worth the plus then four. make my plus ten a plus four? I don't agree with that. I would rather just not be able to invade newbies because a, the plus ten weapon is just more powerful. It doesn't have it's to be stronger. You put the resources in; it should be. But you're it not. It requires a titanite slab, which is a scarce resource. Stats, but they're being scaled down, so what's the difference? Because the stats. The fact that you're having to think about it is proving my point. <laughs> I, I, I just, it, they've gone halfway, and, and I don't like the halfway measure. Either don't do it or do it. It doesn't make sense to me. I think you can still make a case for the stats. Like, in general, people are going to build into strength and stamina, like almost for sure. And then the specialization comes in, like, dexterity or strength or quality or magic. And so they preserve builds, but not the relative strength of the build by scaling stats down. If they were to scale weapons, they would undermine investing in weapons in general. Scaling stats down preserves your build. You invest in a build, but weapons, you invest in individual weapons. So I think it's still. But if you don't invest in those weapons, then you'd be on a lower playing field than the people you're invaded because they have at least invaded i mean they have at least maybe upgraded to plus two or something like that it just it's not a big deal but that that drives me crazy that like i can't invade my friends who were playing through earlier parts or something you can (laughs) no i can't invade in 80 oh i guess you can't can't invade invade but you can play with them you can play with them you can summon and stuff but it's just I mean, whatever. I probably wouldn't be able to invade anyway because there's thousands of people playing. But still, um, conceptually, it just feels like a weird restriction that's that's a half measure. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it makes sense that late game characters should not be able to play with early game characters. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, I want to talk about the last boss. Can we do that? Yeah. I, I that's another Dude, one that I that is the the best last boss okay. in the series. I think it's equal to and basically the same as uh, Dark Souls One. The second half, the first half is baller, where he uses a complete player's move set. He uses strength weapons. He uses dex weapons. He uses magic. He uses pyromancy and poison. It's really awesome. And it works with the the story too, because 
that's a much better way to communicate that the fire has been linked endless times and many kingdoms have rose and fell and there is a cycle. It's better just to show this amalgamation of Dark yeah. Souls player characters. Like, the entire moveset is there. And then, of course, the second half, he's going. I feel like maybe it's just undermined by the second half, then. Because the second half, oh, I to me... A lot. It just... I don't know. I, really? It was kind of underwhelming. God. I, I know. I mean, you are I'm not such like, a fucking Debbie Downer on this game. You're not vibing I, I just, with this game, right? I just don't see what's so special about the second half being basically Lynn. I mean... It's not just basically Gwyn. It's one, way more intense. And two, it makes the whole prospect of linking the fire even more hopeless. Like, you put him, at, you put him down. But this thing just won't... The fire, I mean, it just won't die. And even if you let the world fade to dark, eventually the flames will reappear. Just in the distance, the firekeeper says. I don't know what that has yeah, to do with I, Gwyn. I, being the second half. Well, I don't know what you mean. It has everything to do with Gwyn. Gwyn was not released of his burden. Oh, it's sure, just, okay. It weighs on yeah. everything and everyone forever. Um, the story in this game, too, is the best in the series. Uh, I did totally disagree with that, too. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I thought Dark Souls 1, really? the world was way, way, way better built. Like, it, it had a story behind it, and every aspect of, aspect of it had a story. And maybe I'm missing a lot, and I haven't delved deep enough into the lore. But 3, to the me, way. like, the areas don't feel like they have as much meaning behind them. Um, well, the areas are a different question from the story. What I mean is the world itself doesn't feel... Like it has an interesting story uh, beyond the fact that it's another kingdom that has gone through the light and the dark. It, it doesn't. What is the story of that kingdom? The story of that kingdom is great with Lothric. I, the the prince I Lothric, know, not not the location I know who Lothric. Lothric is. I, I I thought his his individual story was good. I liked it. It was cool. How his brother is like. Each, like crippled himself each of the lords with his curse and 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 then he's on his brother's back that that was an awesome that was that was my favorite boss fight um that was a great but, boss uh, fight but each of the lords of cinder has a different motivation for leaving their throne and lilith has his own motivation for staying there and it's all totally clear and understandable but it doesn't just read a little bit it's And one thing I love that this game does, that the first just wasn't able to just by virtue of being the first, is that sometimes you would get those cool glimpses at other places um, in the mythos, like Astora. What's Astora like? And Katarina, what's over there? And that was interesting. I liked it. I don't want to, you know, make that unclear. But they were still kind of abstract and vague. Like, you can't really think of them as real places so much. You just have little bits and pieces Yeah, but that's of not the world that I'm talking Dark Souls about 3, in 1. Dark Souls 3 is able to take the world of 1 and the characters and bosses of 1, and that is now the mythos. Like, when you when you find... um, Like, for, for instance, the Nameless King. The, the Nameless King is Gwyn's exiled yeah, son. That's, yeah, that was cool. 
that was fantastic. And it, it just makes so much sense. And you can even see that castle from Anne Orlando in the first game, off in the distance. It was just a different keep somewhere. And it it just makes perfect sense in retrospect that his son allied with the dragons that Gwyn fought. Yeah. And he's just been there the whole time. I guess... The, the stillness of the dragons. I mean, it's, it's just the fact... And, and I can't fault the game for this. I honestly can't because it's it's a sequel. And it's doing basically what a sequel should do, which is like basically just building off of what the first one did. Built. Um, it's just the fact that Loth... Lothric itself doesn't have that much of a personality. It's the stuff that converged into it at the fading of the fire or whatever that's interesting. And a lot of that stuff is just from Dark Souls 1. Um, it's interesting to see where that stuff is, has led to from Dark Souls 1, but the the world itself in Dark Souls 3 doesn't have that same... And, and I guess I'm... I'm I, I'm equalizing world building and lore building in a way that maybe I shouldn't be, but they're they're really connected to me because of Dark Souls 1, but uh, it, it doesn't have a personality of its own the way that 1 did to me. Um, especially when you look at... Like... Uh, I don't know what is the Smoldering Lake and the Catacombs and the Irithyll Dungeon. What is all that stuff? Like, what, what, like, what is, what is what's it the all? story behind that stuff existing? The Smoldering Lake is Ash Lake. Okay. I didn't piece that together. There all those arch trees yeah. out in the distance. I get it now. It's all just embers now. And uh, why is it the embers? dungeon was built, I'm pretty sure, by Pontiff Suivon. Because the, the demon flame sputtered out. And all the demons are essentially dead. Like That's the only place in the game with yeah. demons. Besides that one wandering one up on the bridge. And even that, I thought, was a really great moment where he looks like he's totally overgrown and made of stone almost. And he breaks in yeah. half as you fight him. Like, there are lots of nice touches like that in this game. Yeah, I mean... And I'm pretty sure that the Irithyll Dungeon is built by Pontiff Sullivan, who has his own... But... Oh yeah, and then there's the profane capital. I didn't and, know uh, anything about the profane capital. You, I didn't get that. Yorm's story is really sad. I kind of know his general story of like he people didn't trust him because he's a giant and he gave them the swords as like a peace offering almost as like a here I I trust you with these swords that can destroy me. But now he has the but yeah, now he, does he has that. The swords or he has one of them. And he accidentally killed all those people. How did he do it accidentally? Or he went crazy, I thought. No, by linking the fire. I went crazy because of linking the fire, or or no, I'm I pretty know. sure it was. It was either that, him trying to like put out the profane flame, or it said like fire from the sky, so it could actually be dragons killed everyone in the profane capital. But either mm-hmm. way, he was unable to save his people, which is all he wanted to do. And even then, when that's all he ever wanted to do, his people never respected him. And it's it's just a neat little self-contained story, and. There's more, like, substance to each of those little stories in this game. Sieg, Siegmeier. Sieg, uh, word. That's, Sieg word. Yeah, I was mixing it up because <laughs> I was going to say 
Siegward is much better than Siegmeier ever was. He is maybe the best NPC in the series. I fucking love Siegward. And I He's only great. experienced the first part of his story because I happened to walk oh, past the well that he was in, out. and I never expected it to be in. I, 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 it, the, this is a thing that they've always done with these games. The way that you go through the quests is so obscure and impossible to follow on your first playthrough. I don't know how anyone does it. I just, I never went to the well, so I never got his, it's in the corner, off on the side, there's no pickup or anything over there, it's just a well over there that apparently you're supposed to walk by to hear his dialogue come out of it so that you know to talk to him. That's crazy. And then the thief, like if you send him off you can the hear wrong it though. time and, and that's the and same way. that's the same way you figure out how to get off the lift, because you hear him... Yeah, but you go to up himself. the lift. That's a very, I mean, that's a very obvious part of the level that yeah. you're going to go on. The well is over there in the corner where you don't go. No, you can hear it when you walk out the chapel. I didn't you can hear, hear it. it. Maybe I missed it. I don't. know. I mean, what that is true. It's easy to f- fail these quests, but if you are really like paying attention and trying to follow one, then it works. I don't think so. I tried to follow the secret, and I was like, "When is he going to show up again?" And then he never did because I didn't see the well, or I didn't hear him out of the well, or whatever. I, that's just so. Why is it that hard? Either either way, Secret's quest and, uh, not only is amazing, but Secret himself is just such a memorable. Dumb I wouldn't guy. know his <laughs> quest except for that first part, which I liked the first part. It was cool to see how he's like the opposite of Siegmeier. That's that's neat. But I would—I don't know because I wait. How's he the opposite of Siegmeier? You didn't get so Siegmeier is Siegmeier's. You have to help him. Yeah, yeah, because he's charging headfirst in these situations that he shouldn't be, and Siegward is yeah. timid and won't won't make forward progress without you because he's too undecided and timid. No, I, I don't think they're really opposites. Well, Siegward, they're opposite in that aspect. I guess, I but Siegmeier—the like the first time you meet him, the first time you meet Siegmeier, he's just sitting there. Outside, he's trying to figure out what to do next. Fortress. You're right. I was, yeah, okay. I, but I, I think that that's. I thought that that was kind of the point. Is that like? By the way, it still is an interesting yeah. spin on the the concept of helping a dumb onion knight through the game. But yeah, Sigurd doesn't even mention that he goes to the chapel. Says Koei in the chat, which is like, I, at least if I was looking for him there, then I would maybe find him because I'm like, oh well, I never saw Sigurd. I got to go back and find him. Um, but I didn't know where to go. And then Henri. And her little mute, Henri Astora. She. That's a great quest. I stumbled across her in that bonfire where the uh, road sacrifices is, or whatever, and uh, and then never saw her again. Well, I saw her in Firelink, and then never saw her again. And I thought you didn't see her in the catacombs. No. Wow. I don't know where she was, or I don't know if she did appear. Um, I thought she appears twice I in the that I fucked up the quest because I joined the Fingers Covenant, and I thought that's why I didn't see her. But then when I completed the game, I went back to the Fingers Covenant to reset my stats, and then she appeared in Firelink and, and said I was doing something bad. So apparently that's not why I failed the quest, or that's not why she didn't show up, or maybe I just missed her. I don't know. But I never saw her in the catacombs. Um... So, okay, how much of the other endings do you have spoiled for I, you? I, I don't have the other endings spoiled, but I was going to look them up anyway. I wasn't going like, to play through the game for every ending or anything. Okay, okay. Then, Henri's... I, okay, I will totally grant this, that the way to advance these quest lines is just so easy yeah, to fail. Yeah, it's insane. And how are you I, supposed to know that a couple of the them, fingers I failed fail. them. I failed a couple of them even 
Well, that I don't so much mind. Because that... No, I really don't mind that. Because that is like, there's Cirrus, who is aligned with the Dark Moons. And if you join the Evil Covenant, she hates you. And that makes total sense. And it should work. And it should work. You're not supposed to work that way. Because it doesn't, it doesn't care if you know that. It's just that if you decide to join this evil covenant that, you know, is a red sign soapstone and the PvP and it's this terrible monstrosity, and if you just pledge yourself to that, then somebody who's committed to justice and the American way isn't going to like you anymore. And that's fine. And you can just do it I didn't even realize that it was the evil covenant. I just found them in the, I thought that I was found them in the chapel and it was like, oh, here's a new covenant. And I, I joined it. But I didn't. I turned out I didn't join it. But I pledged myself to get the item to join it or whatever. And thought I yeah, failed. I don't, it. I don't know. I don't really mind being able to fail quests for like in-universe reasons. But there were a couple of NPC side quests that I failed on my New Game Plus playthrough, even when I was mm-hmm. looking for them, because you really have to be so on it of talking to the right people at the well, right time. So you have to talk to Yorm. No, is that his name? No, uh, boss. Yo, 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 you have to talk yo, to him Wonder. five times before he dies, and he dies when you get to the catacombs or something. Yeah, he dies pretty early. And I didn't do that, so I didn't get that quest line, which is like, how the fuck are you that supposed to know line, that? that doesn't... That quest line is probably best saved for a second well, playthrough, though. I never got a that chance anyway. That is the longest, that is the most extensive side quest in the game, and it opens up and then uh, patches, I know that there's tons of places where patches shows up, and I didn't find any of them. He just showed up in Firelink one, uh, all of a sudden. Patches, okay, this pissed me off the second time through. Um, I was looking for patches. I missed him completely my first playthrough. Never saw patches once. Are you he sure he wasn't no in Firelink up in the corner? Yep. He made no appearance he, in Firelink or anywhere. Let me tell you what happened me first. I, I never saw him. And I went up there in Firelink at one point and saw him in the corner and talked to him. And he was like, hey, you don't blame me for that thing that happened earlier. And it's like, nothing happened. That happened to me in my second playthrough. That happened to me in my second playthrough. When you go up into that gate above Firelink where you buy the key and yeah. go up there. Well, I walk up the stairs and I go to the top and get the Firekeeper soul. I come back down and I see there's some stuff on the roof of yeah. Firelink. And so, all right, I'm just going to drop down there and, and get some items. And then I met the crows and all that. And I got back down to Firelink. And, of course, I missed the event where he locked Is that what I missed too, gate. I guess? Because I dropped down to get the items yeah. in the tower. Yep, that's how it happens. And on my first playthrough, I actually did that too late. And he just never showed up. Yeah, that shit is so bad to me. Like, none of that, none of that is well done to me. Like, there's no reason I, for it to be I that obscure. I love the in-universe stuff, but I don't like the easy fail checks. However, Yol of Londor and Henri of Astora's quests, they intertwine, and that is one of the best side quest lines in well, all these Well, it's a shame games. I didn't experience them. Because the game yeah, is designed yeah. and so that one, That's That one in particular, I think is it needs to be obscure. Because the, the premise of that whole ending is to transcend the cycle and you really have to work for it and the way it happens is so like even by this game standards the series standards it's just occult and feels terribly wrong and uh did you ever get yuria of londor to show up uh if if he dies after you do no i didn't do it five times i did it like four times if 
if he dies, if Yola of Londor dies, and you have five Dark Sigils, then Yoria of Londor yeah. shows up. And she's even stranger. She seems to be a human. And she kind of keeps propelling. She sells the Dark Hand item, like that the Dark Wraiths used, and just really strange. And if you kill her, then she says, Kath, I mm-hmm. failed you. And that is one of the only references in the entire game to the There's surface. the statues. There's a, yeah, there's the statues, and, and that's it, besides this one line of dialogue. And it just feels like, well, it just makes sense. The first game, the dark ending, it didn't work. Because we learn in this one that even if you let the fire fade, just like it happened in the very, very beginning, the flames will pop out on mm-hmm. the horizon. And that's just how the this the, this metaphysics works. But there's a permanent solution. And Koths just seems to want the fire to end somehow. It, and he stops at nothing. That's to neat. Do it. It just, Cramped is nowhere to be seen. That's neat. It just it just sucks that it's you basically can't do it without a guide. And that's that's the way I, I see it because I would have you could do it. I would have end. absolutely no idea where to start because I like I said, Henri never. I never saw her the second time. I don't know where in the catacombs she shows up. I don't know if I missed her or if she just didn't show up for me. Because I I have I can't trust the game because of patches glitching or not glitching or just not working. I had no trouble with Henri just progressing normally. Okay, Henri was at every point, and I got to every part of Henri's quest except the part that then doesn't I don't know what happen happened. unless you unless you initiate the Yole of London. I don't know what happened with me then. I don't know how I missed it. Yeah, that's very strange. Anyway, um, yeah, just overall the bosses in this game are the best in the series. The PvP is the most fun in the series. It's just... I, I, this is such a I'm good I'm ready game. for a non, another non-Souls game. Yes! I don't want another Souls game. That reminds me. After Dark Souls 3 came out, this is like last week or something, or no, I think it was just a couple days ago, Miyazaki did a an interview with some like gaming website in Japan. And it was very crudely translated... But um, I looked at just the Google Translate, and then there was somebody in the thread who was like better at translating, and they they gave their own interpretation. And this is what he said in you know paraphrase translation: that as the president of the company, I won't stop like a team from making um, another Dark Souls game because we are a company, and like you know. That would be irresponsible. Mm-hmm. But to me, Dark Souls is over. I am already working on a new IP. Good. I, yeah. Because I, I liked... Yeah, it's really I mean, good. There were some issues with Bloodborne and things that changed. Some that I hated, like the, the health recovery the thing yeah. sucked ass and I still pissed about it. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the whole like the concept was great of just taking a blood vial. That was cool. Like, that was cool. But having to buy yeah. them and set to a load screen before you could buy them was just totally stupid. I hated that. Um, but yeah, I, I loved that they did something completely different and did this completely different setting, and it worked. It was cool. It was interesting. And I I think part of my I, I don't want to act like I'm disappointed in Dark Souls Three because like all I've been is negative. The only reason I've been negative is because I'm 
I'm on a slightly lower level of excitement than you are. And so everything is lower for me, but I still thought it was a great game. Still one of the best games of the year. Definitely. Um, and, and like I said, objectively the best Dark Souls game. Uh, but it, everything felt like it didn't feel new enough maybe to, to really excite me, um, to, to really get my blood flowing. It just, it just felt like, okay, I'm playing another souls game. And, and so much of it was iterative, you know? Um, and I don't mind it that. Because it's a sequel. Like I said, I shouldn't fault it for that because it is a sequel and it's acting, it's acting like a sequel. It's treating itself like a sequel and that's, that's fine. But, but like I said, I'm ready for something that's not souls or not dark souls. Oh yeah. This, this felt like the definitive end of yeah. dark souls. Everything about it, especially the last boss. It's like, this is it. Nothing past this will be and remotely. I, I wouldn't friendly. mind if they like if they did another Dark Souls game or Souls game that was just totally different. But I don't want one that's calling back and all yeah, that. Yeah, like shit. the the set of mechanics. Well, sure, is, they're always going like, to stick with that. Fantastic. They figured yeah, it yeah, out, yeah. But um, but like a sci-fi game. Like this, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Or like or like a, a really dark, almost like Alien. Yeah. Like on a space station, figuring out what's going on, and just some crazy, horrific. You could do shit. some cool stuff, definitely. There's so much. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really hopeful. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I've enjoyed the game a lot. I just, I just don't have the same high that everyone else has for it right now. Well, I mean, I, I guess a lot of that comes down to the PVE that you don't seem to get the same satisfaction. Yeah, and that's always kind of how it's been for the Souls games for me, is that like Dark Souls 1 was awesome because you're, you're learning it, you're getting that excitement of like, oh, that's what this does, that's what this does. I, I, I'm figuring this game out. And then with 3, I'm not figuring much out, I'm just kind of playing through another Souls game, so it doesn't have that feeling to it. Um, and and I don't get that same amount of satisfaction from just... I, I I enjoy going through the areas a lot more than I do, do fighting the bosses. Like, once I fought, fought a boss three times, I'm done with them. I, I don't want to do them anymore. I, I just am not that way at all. Yeah. I The bosses are... I don't want to say the reason I play these games, because the areas and the exploration and the story, it's also so good. But, I mean, those are the highlights of the series for me. The, those, along with those iconic moments where you walk out over in Orlando or when you go into the untended grave. I mean, I still consider, you, like, the like, bosses, like, some of the most, like, like, most iconic moments and parts of those games. They're just not something that I... Like, I never... I, I get this sentiment from a lot of people saying, like, I wish you could just replay the bosses. Like, I think it's two lets you replay the bosses. I don't think you should be able to. Um... But people, the fact that people want to is is that blows my mind. It's like once I'm done with the boss, really? I don't want to fucking do it again. Fuck no, I'm done with it. I um, I don't get that. I just have a different perspective. Yeah. I don't know because I that's the thing. I would love to be able to replay the bosses, but I know it would be bad to be able to because part of what makes Dark Souls one and three so good is that the bosses aren't just video game mm-hmm. challenges. They are parts of the world and you have to you have to eliminate them yeah. to advance or get what they yeah, have that's, that's or, i agree with you on that and that, that's the same reason that i don't i don't like the the fast travel system being so so easy um and and also God, we mentioned this last podcast but it bears repeating because there was some there's some more moments there was one in particular moment 
with the bonfires. The Dragon Slayer armor bonfire is probably 20 feet from the archives bonfire. Like you go through you go through a very small section of uh doors, like two doors, and then you're at the, the archives bonfire. It feels like they added the added the fact that you get a bonfire when you beat a boss late in the development or something, and they didn't switch around to any of the bonfires. They just said, okay, if you defeat a boss, you get a bonfire. And it, it just creates some really weird moments like that, which, like, that's not not a huge complaint against the game or anything, but I, it feels like it cheapens the, the, the feeling of finding a bonfire when they're so numerous, you know? There's not a lot of areas where you, you finally get to the bonfire and you go, whew, I'm there. I, I didn't get that feeling as much, nearly as much. Well, I, di- I did have that, but there were more moments when I opened up a shortcut and I'm like, oh, thank God I'm back at the bonfire, which I think is better than thank God I found a new bonfire. It's more interesting. Because if you've been going, yeah. yeah and there were a couple moments where I was glad I found the new bonfire. I I didn't even notice, in retrospect, how close those two bonfires are, the Archives and the Dragon Slayer armor, just because it, I don't know, like, going back from a boss to a bonfire isn't that interesting to me. It feels like, oh, I'm done. I'm ready to, I'm ready to bounce. And I don't know. And there's still a justification for it in the world, which is that all the bosses are heirs of fire. Yeah, and it's cool. Like, you're making a bonfire out of them. They're out of their bones and ashes. That's cool. Yeah, I, just mechanically, if they had come up with that earlier on, maybe maybe then you wouldn't have the archives bonfire. You'd make the archives bonfire, which I think would be way cooler. But um, I don't know. It just feels weird. It would be it would be interesting to me, and I this would be maybe really hard and maybe not so much fun. But it would be really interesting if all the bonfires in the game were bosses. If like that's your bonfire, like you 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 put down your archives bonfire where you beat the dragon slayer armor and then you're on to the next boss, it would require a lot more of that cyclical level design maybe. But then you're on to the Lothric. Well, that that's not a good example because then it's dead ends, which is another complaint I have, I guess. But um, but yeah, if, if each section of the game that had a boss just had one bonfire that and the the areas were interconnected enough to justify that, that would be really cool. Um, but that could have been that'd be tough, I know. But yeah, um, it just it just feels like there's a ton of them, and that I I didn't struggle with the game, and part of that's just me getting better at these games. But with the Bloodborne, I could remember from back when I was complaining about that first section because I was having so uh, much that's trouble. So good, I was having that so much trouble. A, that's the best area. And it's a great area, and and it but it takes forever to get back to your bonfire, and so when you're there, you're yeah. like. <gasps> Thank God, and I never got that with this. Never. But what sucked in that game is that there was no relief once you got there. Yeah. Because touching it didn't heal you. Yeah, and that and was you so had to go, fucking yeah, you dumb. Had to go back and you got to go through all the loading screens. But yeah, imagine if that sense of relief was in this game where you actually could go back to Firelink and all that, and, and uh, it just doesn't have that um, to me. Uh, Except for all the things that they fixed from Dark Souls Two by essentially just going back to Dark Souls One design. Even though I think Miyazaki and From are clearly improving at making these games as they continue Mm -hmm. on, they're not really a company that learns from themselves all that well. Yeah. Like, they they don't have... Like, speaking to the Firekeeper, in Demon's Souls, they had it so when you talked to her, she just did her speech while you leveled up. And 
that they forgot about that in this. <laughs> yeah, I, they just forgot. Yeah. They it's the Zelda. Problem. It sounds that happens but so it is, much in the Zelda the details games. Are important, um, and that is a good point. Uh, yeah, there's a few things where there's a few improvements that they did make that I was like, okay, that's nice. Like lighting the bonfire makes you spawn at the bonfire at the bonfire that you lit without having yeah. to reset the level, which is something that I always wanted in Dark Souls One. And not having armor upgrades. Holy shit. That is such yeah. a good change. That is a fantastic change. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, it, they're getting better. They're just, uh, they do make some baffling decisions still. And, yeah. and, and we shouldn't discount the fact that this game has had some broken stuff on launch, including like online interactions that, where those crashes around oh and the crashes at the bonfire and some other weird net code issues on multiplayer where people can't play with each other and stuff. Just there's been some weird issues um, yeah. that shouldn't exist when you've got like the fifth game in their in this style, sixth game in this style of of uh, multiplayer and and single player. Is it six? Yeah, because you've got Demon Souls. Well, no, it's it's, it's, it's five. five. Um, but and four by Miyazaki. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's just like they should figure that out. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, cool, cool stuff. I I'm think just glad the game was good. It is a good, definitely a good game. I definitely agree on that point. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah we've been going. We've been going. So if you're not into Dark Souls, sorry. <laughs> Too bad. Um, um, there's, I think, because I'm starving. I think uh, we should like PvP after this. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but was there something else you wanted to talk about? Not really. There's <sighs> this is going to be so underwhelming after all that. Two <laughs> quick news items. One is I thought this was worth mentioning. The Doom, I think beta is out right now, and apparently is just really awful and cringy. Um, yeah, I heard it sucks. First of all, if you look at screenshots of it, you would honestly think it was a Halo game. Uh, it's amazing that they just basically created the the Halo characters for their multiplayer characters. Also, there's like animations and stuff you can unlock and one of them's Gangnam style. <laughs> so that should give you a general impression of where the developers are at uh, uh, pop culture wise. And, and yeah, it uh, doesn't seem That's like a real. Uh, so, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, but wow. <laughs> I would never have expected anyone to be that dumb. But switching over to, to good games, I haven't tried this yet. Rocket League released a basketball game mode where the goals are slightly elevated up, so you have to like you have to shoot the ball up in the air. Okay. And it looks like a lot of fun to me. It looks pretty cool. Um, it would probably be cool for like advanced players. Yeah, for like people who really know their aerials, it, it, it creates a whole new dynamic. It's just so cool. Like you can make relatively minor changes to just how the little field is laid out in that game and it totally changes the the style of, of how you play it and everything. It's it's a cool game. But yeah, that's it. So Dark Souls, the podcast. Yeah, buddy. Next week, maybe we'll have something else to talk about. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, uh, I will be graduating very soon. It's exciting. Going, becoming a real boy. Man. So, yeah, tune in for now. that, folks. See you. <laughs>